Kickbackshow.com, all up in this Niayich. I go by the name of Foz, and she is West Side Nigga Organic Blackberry. What's up? <laughs> and she is What's up, y'all? It's your girl Tiana Giovanna, as always, and he is DJ Swivel. Anything less will be unswivelized. There you have it there. Um, oh, you would just add that. No, 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 no. Yeah, I like I like that. That was uh <laughs> I like the air horns. Uh I'm kinda mad that people are coming back out for this for the quarantine. I don't want it to be over yet. <laughs> it, uh, it's been a good time, right? It's been a good time being able to drive these streets and get to where you need to be in Los Angeles in fifteen minutes. Let me tell you what. Prayer hands, praise hands. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm ready for them to extend it until it what January? Oh, it's about to get <laughs> it's about to get extended because these fools going around and protesting and congregating and catching Corona and passing Corona like it's you know freaking a blunt. You talking about the city? Yeah. They passing Eastville, Moreno Valley, Riverside, Chino, Ontario. You stupid! Are you naming what they're passing? On? Yeah. yeah. Near the <laughs> near the near the city That's of the Corona, there's all those cities. You don't know. But so they closed the beaches, right? Gavin Newsom was like, Y'all don't know how to social distance. So I'm just gonna close the beaches because y'all fucking up. So that like I think the next day they were out by the hundreds protesting. Down here, even like in um I know Huntington Beach got it. Hermosa Beach had like a few people, but Huntington Beach had hundreds of white folks out there with their Trump signs and their bad hair. Talk about open the beaches. We need tans. <laughs> we, need, we need haircuts. We need wow. by the hundreds. So a couple weeks ago they had had, remember when Trump did that whole liberate Virginia and liberate Michigan, like all those tweets came out, right? Yeah. 
And it was like a few dozen people that came out in Huntington. So in Orange County, after those protests, coronavirus infection rates jumped by 20%. Oh. Yeah. And that was after this little ones. So then after Gavin Newsom, the governor closed the beaches, they came out by the hundreds. So I'm just waiting to see what them numbers are. They, they, didn't they say that we have to have no cases for two straight weeks before you get open? That's what LA said, right? Well, yeah, that's so. that. And that's what the monkey in the White House said as well. Like the whole, the whole federal guidelines was two weeks of decline, but a lot of the states started reopening. Yeah, I know Colorado too. They had some shit going down and they had to finally close that plant. Didn't Tyson close up too? They did for a little bit. Well, but Trump signed an executive order saying that he need, that we need to keep all the meatpacking plants in Listen, I'm gonna tell you this. I'm so glad, I mean, hey, you know, take it for what you want, but she, I'm so glad I ran out of meat. And so a nigga turned into an accidental vegan. And I, my, um, for real, my people came over and they had, and we had some chicken, I had a chicken taco. Oh my, I was in a fetal position curled up. Like something ain't right about that meat, like for real. Like I was like, whoa, my body was like, what is this? Tiana's got nothing to worry about. She's got plenty of meat over here. Oh, okay. All right. So we starting that. Yeah. See, you gotta put the tongue. You gotta put the tongue out because otherwise, that just means it don't look like he had no sausage. You gotta put his tongue out when you do it. Yeah. What? just do it like this. He, you, he, you know, you gotta feel like. You know I was doing it, but because the light is on this side, you could. Oh. So I had to turn to see that. You, you, and the you and the light of the sun are the exact same. Oh, I saw. I saw. I saw. Okay. Yeah, Tiana cool. could go vegan if she wanted to. <laughs> there it is. There. What? <laughs> Look at this nigga's eyes looking out the window. <laughs> yeah, on that note, the baby starts crying, of course. Well, hey. Man, it's, it's about what? 80, 85 degrees out today? <laughs> ah, you love it. It is a lovely Reflect. day, man. It's gonna be my R and B album to cover. Just, <laughs> just right, 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 right. <laughs> the the part that I find the part that I find ironic is how in the last couple of weeks, though, you've been hearing a lot of the white people coming out comparing it to slavery. Like, how did how did what? No, I can't. How did y'all get that? No, like, what are they saying? I have not heard any of that. They're saying that this quarantine, like this lockdown, is basically equivalent to slavery yeah who is saying that who is saying that for like protests there's there's been protesters with signs that show that that say that I this mean, is this lockdown is is slavery slavery is not the one you know what i'm saying if you want to be mad be mad but slavery that's not the one. <laughs> that's not the one brandy they also talk, just, they also talking about um i guess apparently karen is the new um, offensive term <laughs> white lady. Oh, okay, so we're done with Becky. It's Karen now. It's Karen. Becky now. is something different. And oh, okay, Becky. Apparently now Karen is equivalent to the N word. Oh. Oh, I'm using Who that more that? and more now. I'm calling everybody uh, Karen. I don't care if you're a male, I'm gonna call you Karen. So, who, what race said that Karen is equivalent to nigga? You know what race said that. <laughs> Ooh, nigga, I don't answer the question. White people. Wow. So they're White. saying 
Come on, man. Betty Are White. For real? That's crazy. You know what's crazy? Yeah. Like they so a joke is now turned into an actual. Oh, come on. It's it's fragility. That's all it is. It's fragility. It's let me start something, then if somebody ends up knocking me upside my head, I'm gonna cry and act yeah. as if I didn't do anything. You know what I mean? I'm gonna play victim. You know, like I'm never accountable for any of the BS that, you know, my people are responsible for. And it's the age old conversation. Apparently all black people, if one black person steals something, all black people are thieves. If one Mexican does something, then the entire Mexican, you know, con uh, con uh, country needs to be, you know, blocked out. If one, you, you accuse one Arab of doing something and all Muslim people are right. negative and bad, but let right. one white person do something and it's an isolated event. Right. Or if the tables turn and y'all get, you know, y'all get verbally, verbally attacked, quote unquote. Then all verbally. of a sudden, it's, then it's a it's a national disaster. That's deep, man. That's uh, let, crazy. Let uh, let white people go and protest about city closures, talking about they need haircuts and they need jobs, but when Colin Kaepernick took a knee, then all of a sudden it's attack on the flag and the country and how dare you and all those shenanigans. That's, that's some on. bullshit. That's some bullshit, but I have a genuine question. Are they really protesting for haircuts? Yeah. Well, I got I got a picture. Yeah. <laughs> I don't this ain't gonna show I don't know if this will show on, on the camera. We'll see. Let me see. Hold on. Hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on. So like... Shut up! They say all haircuts matter. <laughs> but like all, the, all those people with signs, they all say, I need a haircut. Half of them, like the top half of the picture says, it's all white protesters saying, I need haircuts. And then the bottom half is like all black from like black protests talking about, you know, I'm not a threat, stop killing us, don't shoot right. and stuff. And it's like, but they can go out and protest and, and form in mass groups about wanting haircuts and the economy open. But when we do it, as far as asking for some equal rights and to stop being murdered on camera and anything of that sort, you know. Yeah, that's deep. But I will say this, as a culture, we just got to get our paperwork up. You know, I think that's, you know, everybody, I don't know everything, so I, but I will say, I'm pretty sure that if we worked on the paperwork side of things and passing other things, then, you know, that will also help with the protest instead of just going out and protesting and getting it out your system. Yeah, but protest. I, I would say that all those white people need to go on Netflix and watch Black as Fuck <laughs> and then decide if they want to fucking protest for a haircut and then and compare uh, it to slavery. But have have you seen any of the critique on on Black Black AF? Yeah, yeah. I mean I have, like, but I didn't honestly I, I, I have my own my own, but I, I I've heard about it. I didn't actually go and read it up, but I what I did here, I kind of thought was a little silly because yeah. now now 
I've only heard like three things. So there's some other stuff maybe that I don't know about. So some of the things that I've heard, and I absolutely love the show. I think it's brilliant. I think it speaks from a very unique uh, perspective and brings mm -hmm. a lot of things into perspective, right? Right. Um, for those of you that haven't seen the show, uh, it's written by a, a writer, a black writer, who has done blackish, mixedish, grownish. Um, I want to say that he's written on movies. I don't know right off the top. Shaft. Um, yeah, yeah. America's um, Next Top Model. Um, America's Next Top Model is his biggest. Which shout out to them paychecks that I get from that because I've had music on there. Um, but uh, I don't know. but uh, it's it the, the critique that they're getting is is how do you have a show called Black AF when you don't have like. The, a black representation. That is, they are black representation. I, listen, I agree. I think that there's nothing wrong with the show. I think when it comes to diversity, it's it's a double-edged sword because there's certain people out there that want to see a show like Black AF have a darker, melanated uh, representation. But, his, but the show was about his family. If they Google his fucking family, yes, his family's not dark-skinned. Family he's not black. I, and I know this, but this is the critique that is get, that they're getting back. Another thing is how Rashida Jones has always portrayed a white woman in, you know, Parks and Recs, The Office, so on and so forth, and now all of a sudden she's a black mother. The irony is, is that her daddy made Thriller. She's the black right, person like, alive. Yeah, like, like, come on. But then even on top of that, to her defense, when you're in acting, you're not responsible for the typecasting that you get. No, you're you know not. What I'm saying? Like, I, there's, there's a Mexican actor that has literally played. He was one of the gangsters, the Mexican gangsters in Training Day. He's been that same character in right. hundreds of movies. Oh, you know what I mean? Uh, the homie Noel G. Noel G. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and a very good brother. You know what I mean? But he gets casted as that gets a paycheck. Yeah. It's not her fault that she fits into a particular prototype, you know what I mean, that works well on camera, like. You know, I, I have, I mean, okay. You know, cause I feel like critiques, especially online are, are heavily bandwagon based, driven. So it's like whoever started that motherfucker, were they black? That's what I want to know. Cause it's like whoever started that shit, if you watch that shit and really took, that's what you took away from the show. Somebody like, no, how is it? Why would they make it like it's just like blackish and that's supposed to be about like shut the fuck like what? I'm so confused. When did yeah. motherfuckers not be allowed to create art all the time in the ways that they want to create art? I'm confused. Like, can you we not be excited that it's not another fucking slave show? I just want to know. He had, <laughs> he actually had Tyler Perry on the show and said exactly what you exactly. just said. Exactly, he did. Yeah. He surely did. He surely yeah. fucking did. And then even when he was, you know, critiquing that other guy, and they all came together, was like, "Yo, we gotta just be together publicly." Period. Like, we all need to be able to express our art in our ways. Like, that shit. It's so funny how, you know, something. Now, this is only speaking to motherfuckers that have, you know, negative shit to say about the black as fuck in that regard. It's like, it's so funny how you are so in line with talking shit, but like, how in line are you with politics with us? How in line, how, what's, the, where you get your toilet paper from? Where, where you get your toothpaste from? Like, how are in line with you are you with the black code that you want to talk that shit? Look at me, I'm getting mad and shaking. I'm just gonna stop. I just, <laughs> I'm just gonna stop. 
I just don't understand where the critique is coming from because the show is just showcasing black culture. Who cares if the people on the show are light-skinned or dark-skinned or anything in between? What does that matter? The show is about culture. It's not about how melanated your freaking pigmentation is. Right. And that's not what we're about as a culture anyway. So the fact that that should be the forefront of a lot of conversations, it's like, man, that shit is old, my nigga. Like, we are all different colors. Nigga, that shit doesn't make... Nigga, in the, in the culture of Indian cultures, like, you are, if you, you know, grew up on with the tribe and learned the way, if you are a part of that tribe, that doesn't mean that you don't have to have the same blood. Yeah. So it's like, I just, you know, anyway. I think to, to, to their defense, I guess to play devil's advocate, I mean, this kind of goes without saying, it's something that a lot of us know, but for those of us, those of listeners that don't, there isn't necessarily a heavily great representation of dark melanated skin on TV and movies. So I think a lot of that anger and whoever does start it is kind of aiming and nitpicking at one specific detail and missing the overall goal. You know what I mean? And again, that's a show about his family and what his family looks like. That's his story. Yeah. There's dark and melanated actors and, and writers in Hollywood, Lena Waite, uh, you know, the Ava DuVernay's of the world that show dark and, and melanated skin and have a great representation on television. You know what I mean? Even though I don't necessarily agree with his subject matter, Tyler Perry has employed and has created work. I don't feel as though that it's a great representation of black culture, but he has developed his brand so much so that he owns all of Atlanta yeah. and Damn near now, all of television. Every you turn on BET, I think BET literally stands oh. for Tyler Perry Television. Um, period. You know what I'm saying? Because of the simple fact that he, I think he has a show called Sisters, but then now has a show called Bruh. Where's or oh, like got that. a show called Bruh? It's a show called Bruh or Brothers or something like that. That's basically black men. It's a black. It's basically a black man's version of living single or girlfriend. Oh, I'm here for that. Oh, that's dope. Okay. Hey. Okay. Okay. Wait, have y'all no. seen it though? Have y'all seen it though? Are they wearing the wigs? I I refuse. <laughs> I refuse to watch it. <laughs> I don't. It's. I know that it's not for me. Oh. Okay. Uh, but, but again, you know, I, there's stuff that's out there. You know. Yeah, and and at the end of the day, I'm dark skinned. You know what I'm saying? And I was dark skinned all my life, you know? <laughs> so uh, I definitely I grew so. up and saw the change of, you know, our variations of hues coming into cinema. And I do understand how it feels growing up and not seeing you at all. And now we are. So don't hate on the shows that are showcasing our culture in a, in a in a positive light. Even like you said, even if you don't agree with the culture, it's still about that. It's not like it's a fraudulent depiction. That's a real depiction of how that, you know, our culture can be. So you shouldn't get wrapped up in colors because that's, if, if, if you wanted to just chuck in a, a, a couple chocolate children, that's that's good. Like, that's not really authentic to what the story was supposed to be about. And I that's think, a real think, depiction of us, too. But I think that's, uh, that's part of the issue is that there isn't dark-skinned people being represented as 
uh, you know, doctors or lawyers or the same way that some of these other shows depict them. Like usually if it's black skin, dark black skin, it's either a criminal movie, they locked up, they still kind of fit into a particular genre in a sense. Almost like Queen of Slim, like I just watched Queen of Slim. I didn't I want to see it because I already knew what was going to happen. Um, and it was your Bonnie and Clyde, you know, typical Bonnie and Clyde theme. Um, it was it was good to kind of see a level of retribution for uh, police brutality. But then the way that it ended was very predictable. And one of those things to where it's like, why not make this movie, unless it's based on a true story, why not make it, they get away? Right. And you and all I mean? the feedback from that movie was bullshit too. And when I say feedback, I mean when people said that exact thing, what was said was like, what the fuck are you saying? You talking yeah. what the fuck? So shit. If y'all want to slam something, slam that. That sh I did not like that shit. Straight up. I didn't either. Which is why Django is one of my favorites. Yeah. I don't care if I don't care if uh, right. if, if Quentin Tarantino produced it and and wrote it and directed it. I love him as a director. I love his work. I don't care how many times they said the N-word. It was a spaghetti Western. Yep. Um, and it was a black man that was looked at in no way that we've seen in Westerns before. Especially right. doing a time period piece outside of the Chappelle show. Right. You know what I'm saying? And even then, it was satirical. Have you seen Posse? Have huh? I seen, what's that? Have you seen Posse with Blair Underwood? No. no. Oh, that's that's a a black question for you. Yeah, like early mid nineties. That that's a that's probably like the first western that I saw like as a kid that was like all black representation. Like oh, oh that's okay. I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna check it out. <laughs> I'm about to check that out. No, I was gonna say. Speaking of watching shows, what are y'all thinking about this? Uh, the Last Dance on ESPN. Ah. Oh. Man. So I just I just started watching it. When I say that I've never been so excited, man, like I feel like a little kid. Like man, I'm like right now. I'm like all right. Like when he said five, I'm like yep, yeah, you right, nigga. Because I gotta, you know, what I'm saying? I gotta get ready for you know, what I'm I gotta get mentally prepared. I gotta pray. You know, say I gotta get ready. <laughs> get your ready. Light your yeah. align your chakras. All, all I know is I've been I've been What's wearing a different pair of Jordans every episode. Uh, <laughs> I wish I had that many. Look, <laughs> that, I, I'm about to run out though because they, they're about to go on to episode five and six. I'm down to my last pair. Man, well, you know me, so I'll, I'll just recycle them. Uh, yeah, I think that it's incredible though. I think it's it's wild. One, how LeBron James keeps getting slandered through all of this um, as Are a player. Why? Yeah, I mean they're they're comparing. I mean they. That's just what people do. Um, I mean, we get it that LeBron and Jordan are two different types of players. But one of the things that I'm hoping is, is that through this documentary, people will uh, will have uh, a, a more of an appreciation for LeBron and everything that he did and he went through. Granted, we can decide whether or not that we agree with this tactics of leaving Cleveland and all that kind of stuff, but the fact that he brought, the way that he manages business. I'm not yeah, talking about him as a player. Sure. Him as a player, we can have whatever, you know, whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah. opinion that we want. You know what I'm saying? I feel as I don't feel as though that he lives up to the height that a lot of people gave him because he doesn't have that killer instinct like Jordan or Kobe, which we appreciate and and we love, or Deshaun Kemp to the world. Like we have experienced a different uh, episode of the NBA. You know, when things were a lot different and everybody was a killer. Right? Right, right, it's a right, lot different right. now, where everybody isn't a Russell Westbrook, right? right but right. at the end of the day, one of the things that I think we as consumers are ignorant to is the business and a lot of the BS that these athletes have to deal with when it comes to a corporation or industry such as sports. Even bleeding over into football, the mistreatment of of contracts or whatever the case may be, the way that LeBron was able to decipher where he wanted to go on his own terms, um, get a championship, do what was best for his family, to now get to the point to where you come to Los Angeles, and not only are you looking out for yourself, but now you have other players like AD, uh, KCP, uh, who am I missing? Um, My guy in Philadelphia, you know what I mean? Like all of them now kind of have leverage over the industry on where they want to go and what they want to do and how much pay whatever your opinion is about kcp he's still on the lakers where he could have easily got traded but he had a no (laughs) trade clause you know what i'm saying when you when i watched the documentary going back to jordan the fact that this documentary exists because of poor management in the front office or because they wanted to quote-unquote rebuild in the middle of a dynasty that was happening. You have literally one of the best players in the world, you know, right. on your team and the best number two guy who I was sad to hear that he wasn't getting paid. He was getting Man, paid trash. That like, shit hurt my soul. But, I mean, it goes back to the business aspect of it because then I read an article where they said that Pippen got out of the league making like, 10, I think, $10 million for yeah, like a one or two year kids. contract. Yeah. Say it again. He got his money when he left. He got his money. I mean, but I mean, his whole thing was just like, look, I need to get this contract now. Like, he, let me just get this been, money. And yeah, I mean, yeah. Pippen should have been making that ten million per year during the Bulls dynasty, like not not after when he's traded to Portland, like. Exactly. But I mean, exactly. but it goes, but it goes back, and again, I, to my point we're able to see what these general managers and owners, what they're really doing. Like we can laugh at Magic Johnson, not us specifically, but the world can laugh at Magic Johnson for what happened with him and the Lakers. But then again, who's to say that that same trash wasn't, you know, didn't exist over in the Lakers organization with these general managers and owners doing whatever they want and whatever they please and wanting to go in one particular direction that, doesn't benefit the dynasty. Like, I get it. You just want to get butts and seats. But at the end of the day, what are we doing here? Like, y'all playing with people's livelihoods, yeah. you know, literally to where at any point I could just say, you know what? Let's go ahead and we can trade Swivel. Let's send him to Memphis because we can get a couple first round draft picks and some money and we can get this knocked off. And it's good for business. But now Swivel got to pack up his whole family and go to a whole nother region that he's not familiar with. Yeah. Like, yeah, you make a bank, but then your wife, your lady, your kids got to go to a brand new school. She got to get a whole nother job, like whatever the case may be. Like, there's certain things that I think that we don't see that this documentary is is clearly exposing. And I love the fact that 
they're painting every character out. Like oh, you're yeah. able to oh, see yeah. Jordan. You saw Pippen and his family. My favorite, and I got so hyped when Dennis, Dennis Rodman came Man. up. Man, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I know Brandy's got got some thoughts on on the show. She wants to share. I think for me, like, I agree with Foz what you're saying as far as like what LeBron has been able to do and influence like other players in the league on how they can control their own business and their own brand and their own money, their own destination and that sort of thing. But for me, episode number two, like, I don't know, maybe five minutes into episode number two, that was all you needed to put the, the argument to bed about LeBron being greater than Jordan. Cause it's not even close. It's not, not even same. close. When you, are they saying greater? I thought they were there's, just comparing the two, but they're no, the, saying greater? The debate has been with a lot of people, are, a lot of people for over a year, I'd say, have been trying to put Jor or, excuse me, LeBron over Jordan. And I'm like, no, it's not possible. Like, let's just stop and think, right? Jordan went to the NBA Finals six times undefeated, never even went to a game seven. LeBron's been to the NBA Finals, what? nine times one mm -hmm. three mm -hmm. what's the percentage of what's the winning percentage it's not very good three out of nine that's not a good winning percentage not to mention the fact you had to what did did they say for 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 lebron that because he carried his teams and jordan had a good he had a good team is that I, what they said they're, they're that's just, what i've heard a lot of i think a lot of analysts and and whatnot are looking at Jordan, or I mean, LeBron's um, style of play, his accomplishment, uh, and saying he's accomplished as much, if not more than Jordan. I'm like, where do you figure? Jordan, in the documentary on, in episode two, was like, look, I had just won rookie of the year. I, I had an ankle injury and I was out for the vast majority of my second season. When I came back, they capped me at 14 minutes per game right. max. Right. We trying to make a playoff run, we squeezed in, and then in two games against Boston, I've put up buckets. Buckets. Yeah. Like, LeBron wasn't that good when he was a, a second-year player in the league. He's mm -hmm. not even averaging Jordan numbers now. Like, so it's the, the argument of Jordan and LeBron, to me, like, that's been dead and I never subscribed to it. Like I always felt Kobe has accomplished far yeah. more than LeBron has. And I don't see why the, the debate is not between Kobe and Jordan versus LeBron and Jordan. Like LeBron and Jordan to me is not even a debate. It, I would love to participate in this conversation, but Swivel watch, started watching the shit without me. <laughs> didn't even ask if Talk I was shit, interested please. in watching no, no. any of it. So I'll while watch. he's, you know, chilling on the couch in his Jordans, <laughs> watching this great documentary that I would have loved to have been privy to, I'm over here taking care of the kids. I'll watch or it. sleep. I'll watch it. Because he'll turn it on at three o'clock in the morning I'll when ain't nobody it. around. <laughs> no, it's not just what would y'all say? It's about seventy-two degrees out right now. <laughs> nah, nah. Look at me. You, you a good friend. He up here now. I'm adding fuel to the fire. I'm like, and then what? And then so, what you gonna do about it? <laughs> so, what you gonna do about it? You know. Um, I'm the I'm, I'm the sole chef in this house. 
That's all I got. Well, I would say, I, I would say, honestly, it comes on and replay every every Saturday. You know, you just gotta watch it earlier. No, so we, I would say we next have, Saturday. We watch it on demand right now on on the ESPN app. Yeah, y'all got it's on demand. On the ESPN app, it is. Yeah, because I went and I didn't. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. It, okay, well, you need because he watches it on demand without me. So it's on demand. So what does that mean? You can watch it yourself. Oh, you just want to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> when when would you propose that I watch it myself? When I'm when I am the one with the kids. <laughs> Them kids sleep sometimes. They gotta eat sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Where there's a will, there's a place. I put this one to bed. I, Imani takes a nap every afternoon. Oh, oh, like this afternoon? When we're doing Okay, something? we're not about to get into y'all marital problems right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. But what I will say is, I'm so grateful that it is out, at, and, it, and not so much that it's out, but that it dropped when it dropped, because it's yeah. like, there is, like, how we were saying, like, whatever you want to do right now, I'm not like, you know, granted, there's other things that you just physically can't do because you are, you know, tied up, but, yo, whatever you want, you really could have, and it's, it's literally, like, like they said, he said he had an on-off switch and he just didn't turn it off. And it's just like, yo, when you really put your mind to something, it, it, there's limits that you that you didn't even know. Like there is literally, it's like boundless. Like the world is your oyster. And I just feel like it was just so inspiring. It was like, it was one of those like, all right, let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's it, go. I agree. It, it definitely took me back to my days as a kid when I was watching Jordan play, like, in, and watching his yeah. highlight reels, like, before my basketball games. Like, it took me back to that um, inspirational feeling that, you know, and, you know, knowing, like, hearing Kobe and like seeing like the whole Mamba mentality, like you see exactly like where he modeled it from. Right. Um, and, you know, just to kind of like see Kobe's inspiration, who was, you know, also my inspiration, like, you know, it's, <clears throat> it's a whole nother, a whole nother beast of a basketball player. Like, I mean, what, what Jordan did from day one entering the league, I'm just like, I didn't even know, I wasn't even privy to the fact that Jordan won a gold medal playing on the Olympic team before entering the NBA. Like, mm. I was like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, you know, so he already had that that feeling of of being a champion before even stepping on the court for his rookie season. Like, that's... Like, it's, it's like, none of us knew that he wasn't, I mean, maybe some people did, but I didn't know that he wasn't good back in the day. So it's like for him to have accomplished what he accomplished, it should be for anybody who don't really, you know, think or, you know, are literally in their own way because maybe they feel they, they, they're so close to what they feel is their imperfections. It's like, yo, you, you could change it though. Like, look at Jordan. Like, you could, uh, granted, he did get a growth spurt and some more shit, but like, yo. He like it wasn't like he came out the womb dribbling in between his legs and shit and was just nice <laughs> like that. Well, you know, one of the things to your point, Brandy, that's a very good point. I think it's usually the people that get counted out because, like, even if you look at 
Mike Tyson, like you, I read his book. He was talking about how he got bullied and right. how something just clicked. Like he always had the determination, but something clicked in his life that made him, that either was going to make him or break him. And boxing was his channel to let out all of that frustration. And he was just relentless. I mean, and it's not ironic that we look at him now as a 53 year old, you know, black man <laughs> looking like he's 20 again. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like dishing out blenders. I'm saying, you know <laughs> what I mean? Or even Michael Jackson. I'm, I'm, and it's not ironic. I'm bringing up all the mics, but um, Michael Jackson, his dad didn't even look at him as like a star or didn't even consider, you right. know, putting him on the stage. You know what I mean? Like his dad almost kind of treated him the worst in a sense, you know, but ended up right. just having something that clicked in his life that took him over the edge. And I, I think, again, to your point, it's always going to be a determining factor if you have that already built inside of you, so which is that will okay. to want to be great. You know what I mean? Like you have to be determined to want to be better than everybody else. And it usually happens to the ones that get counted or that people don't believe in because I, one of the things that stood out to me, Jordan's uh, Jordan's coach says something to him, you know what I mean? And he was just like, all right, I'm going to show you. And right. then everybody, you know, in the documentary, they like, yo, like in a matter of a week or five days, we found out like, yeah, he's, he's the, he's the best player in the world. And he was only a high school student, you know what I mean? So yeah. but it, it was more than, it was more than him being, smarter than everybody else or necessarily better it was his will to want to work to right. get better than what he currently was because right. it was always going to be somebody better than you on the next level but it's like how do i learn how to defeat everybody you look at dennis robin one of the things that i always admired about dennis robin was not just him being wild but his intelligence like hearing him talk right. about the defense that and was like, okay, just throw the ball. If I do this, the ball is ricocheted. It's going to go this way. So I'm looking at the rotation of the ball for when it hits the rim. That's mathematics. Like, right. that's mathematics right. science. Right. You know, but it takes somebody <laughs> like that with that mindset to say, you know what? My stat line isn't going to be like Jordan's, who's 39, 8, 4, 2, and 3, or even like Scottie Pippen. I'm the number three guy on the thing. It's okay. I'll have zero points, 28 rebounds, <laughs> 15 right, assists. Right, right. <laughs> like, and right, I'm going right. to have I'm gonna have four fouls because right. I'm getting in everybody's head. Like, right. and so, I'm a so how do you? So how do you? With with you saying that, how do you like? What if you want to tap into it? Like, what's can you make it practical? The the best thing to do, like for somebody that's striving to be great, you have to find you and what makes you great. I think the mistake that a lot of humans make is, is that they see something, I'll take me for example, right? Hypothetically speaking, I play basketball. I wanna be like Jordan. So I'm gonna do everything that Jordan does. Whereas my story isn't Jordan's. Right. My, my plan isn't Jordan's plan. Like he had his life, he lived his life, that's his. What's mine? What's my goal? You know what I mean? My goal may not even necessarily be to make it into the NBA and be the next Kobe Bryant or LeBron or Magic John or Jordan. My goal may be, you know what? Maybe I succeeded in a, in a particular sense uh, to, to make like a high level of success, but my end goal is to 
go back to the high school that I went to and played and won a championship at and coach them and be mm. an example for the next generation. Maybe I groom the next Michael Jordan. You know mm. what I mean? Everybody want to be a star, but nobody want to take a trip to outer space. Nobody wants to go on the journey on their own to find where they're mm. supposed to be, to find their place, to find where their greatness is at. Your greatness may not be to be famous to the entire world, but your entire world may be the four people sitting around you. It may be the 25 people in your immediate family. It may be, you know what I mean? It may be something else. Like your greatness isn't, shouldn't be determined and depicted by somebody else's greatness that you idolize. It should be your own that you find on your own. And also you have to be, I'm sorry. Were you, so, go ahead. No, go ahead. I would say that also you have to, um, don't get drunk off of, you know, the, the end. You have to really, really like wake up and love the journey. Cause once you get to the end, you at it. Like, and then you still gonna have to remake new goals and then you have to do another journey. So it's like, you gotta really be present in the journey. And, 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 and go ahead. I, I remember watching my, my rest in peace, my grandma on my mom's side in Oakland. I remember being a kid, one of the times that my mom left me up there and, uh, she used to watch like the late night um, little church shows and stuff like that. And I remember one of the, the guys that was talking said something that stuck with me all my life. And he said, there's no such thing as perfect. Practice shouldn't make perfect. It should make improvement. If you make perfect, then there's no more room left to grow. Then you've, then right. there's, you've reached the ceiling, like that's it it should always be improvement because then that leaves an area and opportunity for you to continue to get better. So practice shouldn't make perfect. It should make improvement. You know what I mean? And what you just said, like you should develop new goals, like find more better ways to get smarter about whatever it is that you're doing, like find other avenues to take it to the next level and do better and greater things than you currently are at. And again, that shouldn't be based on somebody else's success. If anything you should take from other people is their determination, their will to never give up, you know, their what consistency. Kobe the Great said, there is no such thing as failure. You just try again and you're going to try again. Okay, I didn't make it the seventh time, I'll make it the eighth time. Okay, I didn't make it the eighth time, I'm for sure make it the ninth time. I didn't make it the ninth. It's like, it's only failure when you stop. So yeah. as long as you keep going, it, the possibilities are endless. Like there is no such thing as failure. I think, um, I think for me, um, one of the things that like resembles with me or um, still resides in me was um, when I was in college, you know, I was coached by the world record holder and he he put it simply like he, he uses um, three words, um, Positivity, belief, sacrifice. So you know, he just told us PBS, like, and, and we knew exactly what he was getting at. But it was in its simplest form, like you have to have a positive mindset. You have to believe in yourself that you can accomplish whatever your goal is. And you have to understand that there's gonna take sacrifices. Um, and you have to, you also have to know that like, or accept that you're gonna have to sacrifice certain things, whether it be time, whether it be, um, you know, a relationship with somebody or whatever the case may be. But 
if you kind of like follow that model, like that's what he always viewed was the best way to accomplish whatever it is, you know, you he was trying to accomplish. And he set the world record. Like that's what I used for my motivation um, to um, keep me like in the right kind of state of mind to, you know, accomplish what I was trying to accomplish in college. And then, and then so on after and like, and that's what I teach my athletes to, to this day. Like I talk about, you know, PBS, like, and I, I just explain that. And like, when I, you know, when I was taught that, I didn't know about Mamba mentality. Like, sure, like I, you know, I, I watched Jordan growing up and like, I saw his relentlessness, but I didn't really, it didn't really kind of key in until like, you know, my track coach put it into like the PBS model or perspective for me. Like once, once he explained it from that angle, I was like, oh, okay. Like now a lot of this stuff of guys who I, I idolized, like a lot of that stuff now makes sense to me. And so like, you know, that's what I, that's what I use to this day. We even dropping bars. Y'all, I'm over here taking real notes, okay? <laughs> so everybody listening, class is definitely in session. You know, a little side note, a little side note, I coached Dennis Rodman's son for two years. Really? That's crazy. And how was that? That's crazy. He was a, he was a little, um, he was a little strange, like, like Dennis is not nowhere near on Dennis's level. Like Dennis is a whole nother, right. uh-huh. whole nother, whole nother level with his, but, um, like, yeah, he, it was, it was an interesting, uh, experience. Let me put it that way. It was he was he was a great kid though like really hard worker just like his dad um he never publicized like that's who his dad was because he just didn't want that sort of uh notoriety or i don't know maybe he was low-key ashamed that his dad used to wear wedding gowns i don't know i think it's more i mean dennis robin said it it's the pressure that that comes with you know being a celebrity in a sense you know what i mean like people criticize kanye but imagine being in kanye's shoes to where you came from a place where nobody believed in you people didn't even want you to be a rapper you know now you end up becoming one of the you know a legend in rap history um both with production and rapping and then you wake up and you have random people taking pictures of you at, at all times of the day you can't go eat without somebody taking a picture harassing you they're showing up to your house taking pictures of your car you know what i mean and and publicizing it's like you're basically like granted it comes with the territory but says who at the same token you know what i'm saying it's like right you know it doesn't make it okay even if you know even if that is a business it doesn't make it all right for you to have to deal with that every day of your life so i mean i get it like i get it i wouldn't want nobody to know either like george bush (laughs) hates black people (laughs) (laughs) the legendary statement from kanye west man so does this orangutan that's in the office now Mm, 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 mm. chimpanzee that's crazy Um, don't give him that much credit <laughs> what? As an orangutan? Yeah, or a chimpanzee. 
he's, he's, he's the one. Oh, okay. He's, he's the, the one with the, the booty. He's, he's the one where the booty don't got no fur <laughs> on it. He's a with bad hair. <laughs> Okay. And a terrible is that what it means? <laughs> that's what he is. Yep, that's it. He's a dung beetle. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I have to say that I've I've been extremely pleased with the content that we've been getting. Uh, kind of going back to these battles, right? So, so far there's been Swiss Beats and Timberland, RZA versus Premier. We've seen Lil John and T Pain. Jonta Austin and Neo. Um, forgive me for the white people that battle. I didn't watch y'all's, but songwriters to them. Uh, uh, <laughs> then we had, um, they had a gospel one. Uh, they had John P. Key versus Hezekiah Walker. Um, yeah. Uh, then we had the legendary Babyface versus Teddy Riley twice. Twice. <laughs> <And laughs> now. Oh, and Hit Boy versus Boy Wonder. And then yeah, now we have um, what's supposed to be 3 6 Mafia versus Bone Thugs and Harmony. Yeah. When is that? Where did you see that at? I heard that. It, I don't know if it was rumored or if it's if it's in the works. I don't know if it was. I don't know. But allegedly, it's supposed to be 3 6 Mafia well, versus Bone Thugs and Harmony. The next one is Badu. Badu, I know that. Listen, and Jill Scott. So after that, the, what's in the works is Three Six Mafia and Bone Thugs. Possibly, which I think Bone Thugs is gonna smash. Yeah, I'm like, is that really? No, 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 no. I think Three Six Mafia, Three Six Mafia is gonna smash Bone Thugs and Harmony. What? They gonna, bruh. No. They gonna, bruh. It, no. But the the genre, okay. But the 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 like, okay. Maybe because they're groups, everybody want to see that. But I feel like they make different types of music. But maybe because they're both dark music. I don't. I don't know. But going back yeah. to Hill and Badu, listen. Okay. I'm gonna go sit and watch that in my car because if any of these mofo's so much as uh, while it's happening, fuck <laughs> your shit. It's gonna be on. Listen, I'm. Listen, I'm gonna light my incense and get my tea and my chakras. Okay. And, um, <laughs> okay, get my chakras aligned. Yep. Together. My car. Before, before I get in. Nah, I'm playing. So who do y'all who do y'all got? Cap Johnny, I'm gonna sit in my car and light some incense. Honestly, I got I got I got um I got Erica because I wasn't tapped into Jill. So hey, my sister was, she's five years older than me. I wasn't I wasn't meant to I wasn't um mature enough for Jill growing up. Well, but Erica's been around Longer. She has, but her type of you know, like her beat style is different. You know what I mean? I wasn't on the soul tree yet. It is. But when I got older, I was like, "Ooh, that's on fire!" But then I was fucking, and she's like, "I wasn't interested." So it's like I was on the other things. So. I am now. I will default to Erica. I'm a bigger Erica fan than Jill fan because I feel like Erica is a more all-encompassing artist because she has like she's hip hop and neo soul. Like she could do both. I don't feel like Jill Scott does hip hop like Erica does hip hop. I, I love them both. I can't. But, I, I only got Erica because I know Erica's song. All I'm saying is, nobody better do so much as fart in my house while it's on. <laughs> and I, I will dare somebody to say, Mom. So who y'all got, niggas? Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> 
<laughs> sorry. So we want no. I'm drawing over here. I'm sorry. I'm trying I'll like. See. I'm trying like. Let's hear from the dicks. Who y'all got? <laughs> what would you say? It's about seventy-nine degrees out today. I'm, okay. I'm gonna I'm I'm roll sorry. it up. I'm gonna roll Black up men don't 78. Cheat. Black men don't 78. Cheat. Yeah. I'm gonna Black say, men. I'm gonna say, I, I'm going with Erica. I think on a technical level, Jill Scott is technically better. Vocally? Um, yeah. Vocally. Yeah, she's a, she's a more technique is trained singer. When you say technique, what are you meaning? Because I thought you meant vocally. What do you mean? But I, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, like technique and singing. She's more classically trained. Trained singer. Like she's that. Yeah, yeah. She's nice with the melody, music. different yeah. than Erica does. Hundred percent. Erica I, makes. I feel as though Erica has bigger, and makes. I think Erica makes better music and has a bigger records, like a wider variety of bigger records. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. But, but again, I'm that's not, me being ignorant to Jill's music. Right. I know that there's going to be a lot of women that are going to be on Jill's side, um, rightfully so, because she makes music for them. But again, I feel as though that Erica has bigger, bigger records. I feel like there's going to be some shit. I'll be like, damn, I forgot she made that. I forgot she made that. Oh, my God. Anyways. I'm excited. I'm here for it. They say it's going to get interesting when it comes to, uh, they trying to figure out which one of them is going to play uh, You Got Me by The Roots. Right. No, they, they, well, they both, they both play Like, she's the original one that they recorded with. Jill covered okay. it at, like, their concert, like, at a couple of their concerts on tour. So that's yeah. why she has a live version recorded because she stepped in. But I heard... I heard that uh, Jill Scott wrote a record for Erica, like That's a big it. record. Yeah, I Alleged. thought I heard. I thought I heard Jill Scott wrote it as well, but I, I don't know. Which one? Yeah. Inquiring minds want to know. I don't know if it was. I don't know if it was "You Got Me" or if it was another one of Erica's records. I don't know. I have no idea. I got to do my research and look it up and see, because yeah. if it was on, like if. If we, truth be told, if Jill wrote like On and On or Tyrone. Oh, snap. It's over. It's over. It's a wrap. <laughs> it's a wrap. You wouldn't like, even be here without me. Practice? <laughs> you talking about practice? Hey. It might, that might seal the deal. Not to say that Erica doesn't have other records in her bag that's, you know, she can pull out. But, uh, that's a big, that's a big, that's a big one. That's Do you think that one. this is an equal, an equal one, like equal? I think so, but I, again, I don't know Jill's music. <laughs> I don't know like her catalog. I only know like a few songs. I don't know all of her contributions to the industry. So, but I think that it's a even matchup. I know it's something that everybody wants to see because apparently the two of them got tension. I guess you could say. Well, they got There's tension between the two of them, or it used to be. I don't know if it still is. It's like chicken, not beef. Chicken? They got always oh, like chicken. Yeah, shredded chicken they or got, chopped chicken. They got chicken. Shredded, shredded chicken or chopped chicken. <laughs> no, that 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 definitely matters. Um, it's got to be shredded. It's got to be shredded. 
Uh, it's gotta be shredded barbecue. They black, so it's shredded with barbecue sauce on it and seasoning. <laughs> right, right, right. Two pieces yeah. of bread, that's it. That's it. Got you a little sloppy joe or something. Well, Erica said they was coming naked, so it's like, I'm pretty sure they're gonna get views just on that alone. No, I'm just kidding. She said that they'll be nude. She was like, we Well, then Erica's gonna win just by the cakes alone. <laughs> oh, yeah. Her booty is out of control. Her booty it literally is the size of two two car seats. Man, man. Put me yeah. in the window seat. Yeah, bro. Oh my god. Uh, I see uh, what you did there. Yeah, yeah. Look, uh I greatly appreciate this conversation. I hope that everybody listening and watching um is inspired to say the least. Um, and as always, go ahead and do your own research, find what works best for you and all that good stuff. And yeah, that's all I got. Like, like, subscribe, comment, tell a friend, share a friend. I'm about, about to go, I'm about to go uh, align Tiana's chakras right now, so. Oh, wow. All right. All right. And all right, I, I need to go finish up some work. So. Uh, y'all enjoy. Uh, hopefully I get another niece and nephew. Uh, <laughs> quarantine baby. Uh, <laughs> uh, no? No. I'm not a crook. We're just uh, practicing. Practice makes improvement. Improvement. There it is. There, I got notes for days. Yep. See? Comes full circle. All right. Comes full y'all. circle. All right. The Kickback Show, the kickbackshow.com, the Kickback Show on everything. You feel me? The Kickback Show. Yeah. Tracklife.com. Dot com. Dot com.